0: So, a really personal story of mine, which I have not shared in many years publicly, um, I will share with you today. And the reason why I haven't shared this is because, thankfully, by the grace of God, things are going really well for for me. Um, And I don't feel the need to repeat this story over and over to, I guess, give people the storyline because things are going well for me, you know, um, but when it's brought up, I talk about it. And when somebody asks me about it, I will talk about it and I'll tell them the truth. Um, but because things are okay now, and I say that truly feeling blessed, I'm, I'm so glad and so relieved things are finally in a great place, I feel okay to talk about it again it's been quite some time since I've talked about it publicly. In fact, I just, I stopped talking about it because I didn't feel the need to ponder over such, such a negative low moment in my life, such a dark moment in my life, but I'm happy to talk about it right now. So some of you may know, and I think, I I don't think many of you will know this. Um, I was kicked out of home when my parents found out that I was queer. I'll use the word queer because I actually don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm 100% gay. I really don't. But we'll stick to queer for now. Um, When my parents found out, they kicked me out of home. This was 2016. 2017. Honestly, I've tried to wipe it from my memory because... I've tried to wipe it from my memory because I'm in a good place. And it was just such a dark, 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 dark stage for me. That I really honestly don't want to think about. But... I will share this story in hopes that it helps somebody and I will share this story because it has a positive ending um, and because I want you guys listening at home to know that even in the lowest, lowest, lowest of lows, when you feel like you've reached the lowest point in your life, somehow miraculously you can just pick yourself back up and you'll find yourself on the other side. And as I look back at it, I'm like, fuck, I can't believe that actually happened it was bad shit was like really bad like really fucking bad and i i'm i feel great today i'm i'm happy i'm in a good place so let's talk about it i do want to just reiterate that when I say parents, I do mean my mother. It's just a force of habit when I say my parents kicked me out of home. It really was just my mother. I am used to combining the two together. However, my parents have been divorced for many years. They divorced when I was around the age of 12 or 13. Um, My mother was the person who kicked me out of home. My dad was not at home at the time. I just wanna make that clear. Um, All right, so I had made this family friend and she and I got really close and she started dating one of my cousins. As we got close, she would ask me questions on family trips and I would open up to her. As she asked me these questions, I didn't think twice about, you know, trusting her or not. I just thought, she's dating my cousin, she's a family friend, she's she's in with the family, she's gotta be a nice girl and she's gotta have my back. And she assured me that anything I told her would stay between us. So I opened up to her and of course I told her, you know, being so young, well, Oh, I think I was I think I was nineteen. Um 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 25. Sorry, just doing really bad math. I think I was nineteen, twenty at the time. I had told her that I was gay. She had asked me outright and I told her, Yeah, I am. But nobody could know. And she promised me nobody would ever know. Fast forward a couple of weeks, she told my cousin, who then told the whole family tree, and then everybody found out I was gay. At that point, I was away from home with a friend, um, just on like a weekend trip away or something, just like having a sleepover or something. Um, and I got the call from my mum, and she was just screaming. She was screaming. She was irate, completely screaming beside herself. I couldn't make what was being said at all. There was just so many voices in the background, but she was screaming, absolutely screaming her head off. Um, and then I, the call dropped out and then I looked over at my friend. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Anyway, I got a call from my family friend, the girl. She said to go over to her house. So I went straight there. While doing that, I was texting my mom, seeing if she's okay. Texting my sister, texting my little brother who was, pretty much, like, like in, in primary school, elementary school. I was texting them, asking them what the hell was going on. But, you know, I was already on the way back to the area. I was already on the way back home. But I was going to stop at, you know, the family friend, the girl, who I confided in because she had asked me to come over and she said we need to talk. So I went to her and we, you know, I went alone and I got there and she was just – she softly relayed to me that um, she thinks – um you know, something's going on back at home, but she doesn't know exactly what she's just like, your mum's, you know, in a really bad state and your auntie's told me this. So my auntie is the mother of the boy that she is dating. So hopefully that is building a clearer picture. So you have the girl that I confided in, the family friend who's dating my cousin, right? His mother is my mother's sister. So they're sisters. Anyway, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, why is she so beside herself? Like, I'm, I'm going to go home. I don't know why you called me here because you haven't really told me anything. Like, is everything okay? She's like, just look, when you get home, just, you know, be calm. Everything's going to be okay, whatever. She hadn't told me anything. She snaked me and she hadn't told me anything. So I went home and it was all right. My shit was packed up in plastic bags, pack, black garbage bags all around the house. It was packed up. Um... And there were so many people there. I didn't go in completely into the lounge room. I opened the front door and I just remember seeing my shit in in plastic bags. then my sister comes and she's like, you need to leave. You need to leave right now. I'm like, what do you mean you need to leave? What's going on? And she told me and my heart sank into my stomach. Um, Yeah. Um, So I just was, I just, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I froze. Um, my mother was just completely beside herself. So I walked down the front gate back, you know, back out the front yard, back onto the main street. And you could just hear screaming from the inside. God, it was horrible. It's just sounds I'll never forget. Just like my mother crying and screaming. It was just, it was, it was, it's too much. It was too much for somebody that had never been in that situation to, It was a lot, it was a lot. It was something I don't wish on anyone. It was truly scarring, a scarring, scarring, scarring situation that I've tried to wipe from my memory. Anyway, so my sister had already contacted my dad. Mind you, I hadn't spoken to my dad for seven years prior to this incident. My sister had called my dad to pick me up. He came and picked me up and I went and stayed with my dad. We hadn't spoken in years. A long, long time since my parents' divorce um, when I was 12, 13. It's been, been a long time since I've heard from him. Mind you, I didn't even know he was still in Sydney. I didn't even know he was in Australia. And he took me in. The man I hadn't spoken to for seven years took me straight in. And the woman i had pretty much diverted my life to and tried so hard to get close with and sacrificed everything. Everything I had, all my money, everything went to her. Um, from my part-time job. I was still at university. Everything I'd, everything I'd done went to her, and she, she just... It all just fell apart the moment she found out. I'll also say this about my dad, who took me in after seven years of not speaking to one another. He accepted me regardless. When he found out what had happened, he took me right in. He did not question my sexuality. He didn't ask me any questions about it. So it just paints a picture for you, this man who I had spent so many years apart from, he he accepted me and, you know, my mother didn't. And I know, I, I say this because I know a lot of people, it's actually quite the opposite. Their mothers support them and their fathers are usually, you know, against their sexuality or whoever they are, whatever it may be. It's usually the fathers that are so much, so much more stricter than the mothers. But for me, my dad was actually supportive the whole way through and to this day remains... Um our relationship has gotten so much better, but to this day he remains unbothered um about what what had happened um in terms of my sexuality and finding out about my sexuality or my queerness. I went and live with my dad and it wasn't clear to me that the family friend had told immediately. It wasn't clear. I hadn't I did not know. She swore it wasn't her. I never knew that it was her that told. Um, for many months after it, w- it would be at least almost eight to 10 months after the incident took place that I found out that she had actually told on me. I had no idea how my mother found out. It was said that they had found something online or something. Cause this was the time of when I was on Tumblr. Apparently they had found my blog or something, but I, I didn't think that that was the truth. Cause nobody knew my Tumblr blog then. Um, but that was what my sister had told me. Cause that's what, you know, that was what was being said around the house. And I think that the reason why they had told me that was to not start conflict with my cousin and him and, you know, his girlfriend who was meant to be the girl I confided in, the family friend. So there were a lot of lies being spread just to kind of keep the peace and defend that girl, despite me being kicked out of home. Like they were still trying to cape for her. Um, Yeah. I never found out that it was her that told until many months later so i got kicked out of home and i live with my dad um and i was in the interim trying to find you know friends to stay with as well because i just felt like it was just so awkward with my dad we hadn't spoken we had nothing in common i barely i felt like i didn't know this man so i was trying to live at my friend's house and Um, I did live, stayed a couple of days at one of my girlfriend's house, just a couple of days. Um, But it just, I just felt like I was just intruding. And I just, I felt so disgusting and so low and so pathetic. I felt so pathetic. I had no money to my name. Everything I'd given, I'd given to this lady and my mother. And I'm just like, I've given this lady the world and she still kicked me out of home. But I didn't expect anything less. I always told myself I never was going to come out. I was going to come out when I was financially stable and when I could afford to live on my own. I had no intention of coming out, none whatsoever. I had no intention of coming out anytime soon at that point in my time. I, I had not planned for it. I didn't think it was going to happen. I had no idea it was going to happen. Months into living with my dad, my mother goes to the hospital because she tries to kill herself. She tried to kill herself and, you know, she was unstable and, you know, they were watching her and stuff. And I think it was her way of trying to get me back or trying to get me somehow to un-gay myself. That obviously didn't work. The next step in her grand plan was to send me to conversion therapy. And I, I consented to it. Um, the details of conversion therapy, I won't go into. This story is already heavy enough as it is. And I cannot go into those details just yet. Um, conversion therapy is an experience I would never wish upon anyone. It's something I truly wish never happened to me. It's something I hold a lot of resentment towards everybody involved. Um, but it's resentment that I have put away and I have dealt with and I'm fine now. I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. But it's something I will have to live with forever. And it is something that I truly wish never happened to me. And it's something I do not ever, 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 ever hope to hear or see happen to anybody. But unfortunately, this day and age, I think conversion therapy is still available in some places. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's so inhumane and cruel. Um, she sent me to conversion therapy here in Sydney, Australia. You, I thought that was illegal, to be honest. But apparently, there were like little underground schemes and stuff. You know, I was unlocked in a cage. I wasn't. I wasn't locked in a cage, but I did go to a ministry. I went into a little. Uh, I don't know if it's called a convent. It's it, a convent is for nuns, isn't it? I I went into the version where there's priests and brothers and whatnot, a ministry of some kind. Anyway, the details of conversion therapy I'll discuss another day. I quite frankly I, I just don't want to talk about it right now. But I did everything. I did everything she'd asked me to. I did everything. Every single thing she asked me to do to to make her happy, my mother, I did. I didn't want her to kill herself because she found out that I was queer. I didn't want that to happen. I would be a stain on the family name for decades to come. I I I, I, I said yes to everything. Everything she wanted, I tried. Everything. Every church, mass, ceremony, priest, I saw. Everything she wanted me to do, I did. Every prayer she wanted me to pray, I did. She'd forced me to pray back, you know, in front of her and the priest. There was just, it was, there was a lot. It was a lot. There was many months of conversion therapy and she she would come in and she would walk out and then she'd come in another day and walk back out until I was, you know, cured or healed and nothing changed. Um, so conversion therapy didn't work. And then I think she finally came to terms about a year later, that nothing was working. And so she finally, um, we finally agreed that I would return home on the basis that um, it it became taboo or it wasn't talked about. And so I agreed to that. I wasn't in a place to be able to financially afford to live on my own. I couldn't look after myself. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I know many... (sighs) If you don't get it, you just won't get it. It's very hard for a sheltered ethnic child with Middle Eastern parents, refugee parents, migrants who came to Australia. You just don't know what it's like. I was raised to give them everything I had. I wasn't financially stable to go leave home at 19, 20 and live on my own. You know, you hear of these white kids moving out 16, 17. Yeah, but sometimes they are given handouts. Other times... I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how they make it work, but I, I, I knew I couldn't do it. I hadn't prepared for it. So she said you can come home if you do things my way, and I said that's fine. And so that happened. And you know, today I'm alone, but I'm great. Things are great. It's an experience I'll never forget. It's it severed our relationship. But you know what? I don't blame her. And here's why. A lot of Middle Eastern boys will listen to this and probably relate to this experience or hope that they would never have to relate to this experience. You might not even be Middle Eastern and you may feel the exact same way. But let me tell you this it's really, really hard being an ethnic child of two very strict religious parents. My mother is a devout Catholic Christian woman. And I mean, devout, you know, those horror stories you watch on Netflix with the super crazy Christian mothers, that was my mom then, but today she's changed. She's not like that. And she has undergone her own growth and her own therapy to undo what she did to me. And I forgive her for it. I can't hold a grudge forever. I'm happy that she did what she needed to do to right her wrongs. Um, our relationship is not amazing She's certainly not, you know, the mother I knew as a child, but we're fine now. We're okay now. And that is something I'm truly grateful for because not many can say that. Not many who have gone through a similar experience as me can say that. Some people lose their parents for life. Some people, some people, some people, some people don't even have parents to begin with. I'm grateful that she has done what she can to her ability to undo the wrongs that she did to me. I think there'll always be a scar and always be a wound that is not 100% healed, but I appreciate the strides taken. And the reason why I forgive her is because it's conditioning. I'm not sure if you guys know, I'm not sure if you guys know what conditioning is, but This woman was conditioned at an early age to think the way that she did when she kicked me out of home. You guys have to understand that being gay in the Middle East is pretty much one of the worst things you can be. If you go online and you do a quick Google search, you will find that in many parts of the Middle East, being a child molester or a child rapist doesn't even come close to being a homosexual. In some places, being homosexual in the Middle East is the worst crime or sin, that's how bad it is. I don't blame her. She was conditioned to think that way. If I was raised to think that way in condition, which we weren't really, to be honest, she didn't pass that view onto us. I mean, yeah, you hear about being gay is wrong all the time in a Middle Eastern household, but it's not like she's drilling it into my mind every day, you know, but she was, that was drilled into her mind as a child growing up. She saw homosexuals in Lebanon get stoned to death and killed in front of her. And as a child, well, she turned out the way that she did. But effort has been made and shown and there's been change and growth and I'm very appreciative of that and I'm grateful. And um, not all wounds can fully heal and not all um, wrongs can be made right. And not all sins can be forgiven, but I'm in a great place and it got better for me. It got better for me, but that's cause I made it better for myself. I forced my foot down eventually. And I said, this is how it's going to be. You either deal with it or you lose me. And she agreed to that. I'm quite stubborn, to be honest. While I was going through everything I was going through, I knew that that I was not going to give up. I had no intention of killing myself while this was happening. I was not going to throw in the towel. I knew that one day this woman was going to come around. Whether it took two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, I knew for a fact that I was not going to fucking give up. And I didn't. I strongly urge you, if you're in a similar situation or you foresee a similar situation, please, please just fight the battle and win. And if you feel like you're not going to win, just keep fighting because I promise you there can be a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to search really, really hard for it. Sometimes you have to create that light your own self. Sometimes that light is nowhere to be seen or found, but you just have to hold on to hope. Hope has gotten me so far in life. Without hope, I don't know what I'd do without hope, to be honest. At the lowest point in my life, I thought, I did think it was, I did think this was, this, it was going to be the end of me, but I held on to hope. I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to let her win. I'm going to come out of this no matter how long it takes. And I fought and I fought and I stumbled, got back up and I fought and I stumbled and I got back up and I kept fighting. And now I'm here. I'm here, the man I am today, queer and all, Middle Eastern, queer, Catholic. Still kicking, and you can't tell me shit. I do want to dedicate this podcast episode to anybody that has been a victim of family violence, domestic violence, has been kicked out of home because of who they are, queer or not. I dedicate this to you, you are loved, you are seen, you are heard, I'm with you, I stand with you, I support you, you're not alone, and if you feel like you're alone, please reach out, know that there is a community out there that loves and supports you, and there is nothing wrong with who you are, and who you are is perfect, and that is just that. Love you guys.